0: Hello everyone, so thank you for joining me for our last instruction session of the day, which actually will not be so much about giving us new instructions, but instead my intention with these sessions is to just help support and to strengthen some of the key practices and themes that Gil's been introducing earlier in the day. So just to acknowledge, today is the end of our first full day of practice and I don't know about for any of you but for me it's hard to believe that it's been just one day. So based on what I've seen in the group sitting as well as talking to some of you individually there's already a surprising amount of steadiness, quite some strong continuity of practice again based on how many of you are showing up for each of the formal meditation sessions so it's good just to appreciate that, to acknowledge that, to take in your own skillful, wholesome effort. Now of course I'm talking about what I see externally. I don't know what's going on internally for any of you. But it does seem, based on outside, that quite some stability is already developed here. So what we're doing in these first few days is really building a strong foundation for our practice, or as Gil said, laying down the conditions for our inner life to respond to. And that process begins by strengthening our capacity to simply be present for whatever is here, to meet every aspect of our experience with this orientation to kind curiosity. Now, as I'm sure you all know, that's much easier said than done. Maybe especially in the early stages of a retreat, where to some extent we're still in transition from whatever we were involved in yesterday to more fully arriving here. And that's a process that just takes time. So last night when I spoke about dana as the foundation of the practice, We can think of that dana or generosity being expressed here as patience. The patience, the willingness just to give ourselves time to arrive. And not to push ourselves to be trying to experience something different, better, deeper, more profound already. Instead... Surrendering to the organic process of allowing our bodies, our hearts, our minds to begin to adjust to this slower and quieter and simpler life on retreat. So one analogy that's sometimes used for this process that some of you are familiar with is it's like letting the sediment settle out of muddy water. So in that analogy, if we imagine we have a jar of muddy pond water and we want it to become clear, we just need to put the jar on a shelf somewhere and leave it alone. And then gravity can do its work. And eventually the sediment settles to the bottom and the water, the metaphor for our mind, becomes clear and translucent. Now obviously if we keep picking up the jar and shaking it, trying to get the water to get clearer more quickly, that has the opposite effect. So we have to resist the urge to try to speed up the process and instead just let the water be. Now that's a pretty simple analogy and maybe some of you are thinking, well, that doesn't translate very well to the complexity of the mind and especially not my mind. But in a way, even working with the mind is a simple process. Every time there's a ripple of activity or reactivity in the mind, we try to just be aware of that ripple without getting involved in the content of the thoughts or the emotions. Because that entanglement, that fighting the ripple, undermines the steadiness, the samādhi, the continuity of mindfulness that we're aiming to cultivate here. Having said that, especially in the first few days of a retreat, even though we talk about not trying to get something, we are orienting in a certain way, we are strengthening certain qualities, and in the beginning what we find is what gets in the way. We find ourselves coming face-to-face with all the obstacles, all the opposites of the qualities we're trying to develop. And especially when it comes to the mind, the content of our mental activity is often very compelling. And at times we do get caught, sucked into those thought-storms of all kinds. And so we can bring mindfulness to those and start to recognize how they proliferate, tend to proliferate, around a strong sense of me at the center of it all. That looping, compulsive sense of spinning out, that itself can become a mindfulness bell, one that reminds us to come back to the home base of the breath, the simplicity of just the body sitting and breathing. So we're training in this skill of constantly withdrawing the attention from that spinning out into concepts, constructs, self-referencing and coming home. Coming home to the simplicity of sitting and breathing. And as we get used to doing that, we start to get a taste for that relative ease of being with sense-based experience rather than caught in thought worlds. And by contrast, we also start to sensitize ourselves to the relative unease or dis-ease, or you could say dukkha, of being caught in proliferation. So in some ways what we're doing here is sensitizing ourselves to the stress of that constant self-referencing. And because it so often is constant, especially in ordinary everyday life, it's so much our default way of being in the world that we often don't even realize. We become habituated to that stress. But here on retreat, we have a powerful opportunity to experience the deepening ease and well-being that is possible when we can release those habits of I-making and my-making, even if it's just for a few moments at, at a time. Now this, as I'm alluding to, goes against the grain of some very deep and powerful conditioning. And it's not easy to release some of those more deeply rooted habit patterns. Often they're entangled with strategies that we develop very early on to try to keep ourselves safe and protected and in control. So sometimes when we hear this invitation to allow, to relax or to surrender, the intellect can get a little bit activated, maybe get caught in thinking, but if I stop doing that, if I drop all that, who will I be? What will become of me? Who will be in control if it's not me? And so many of you have heard me talk before about when we come into this insight into not-self, that one in particular, we cannot think our way into it. And one of the challenges on an intellectual level is that this translation of anatta as not-self tends to very quickly set up a duality of apparent opposites of self and not-self. And we can unconsciously assume that the goal of the practice, the goal of insight, is for the self to somehow get rid of itself so that it can stop all of that selfing and make itself a not-self instead, which of course is just another way of the self getting entangled and reinforcing itself. So it can feel like a dog chasing its tail, It's futile, and it tends to just tie us up in more and more intellectual knots. So what we're trying to do here, as Gil has been emphasizing, is releasing that common tendency to try and think our way into insight. And in terms of this uh, characteristic of not-self in particular, I tend to find it more useful, more practical, instead of thinking of it in terms of a binary, is to approach it as a continuum or a spectrum between, on one side, a very strongly activated sense of self on one end, and at the other, the experience of quieter, less activated sense So that in any moment in time, even right now, you can start to get a sense of where are you along that spectrum. How intense, tight, contracted, strongly identified with are you feeling now? And just notice the effect of that. Notice it physically. Often there's some kind of tightness, contraction shrinking in the body. And then the opposite, perhaps for some of you now, or perhaps you can remember a time when the sense of self felt very light, possibly even barely there at all. Maybe when you were meditating, and there was just a settling in to some feeling of ease or openness, spaciousness, acceptance, steadiness, and so forth. So we can put that at the other end of the spectrum, And if that's somewhat true now, or if you can remember that experience, you might notice, again, physically how that feels in the body. Usually a lot more spacious, open, easeful, and pleasant. So part of the skill that we can train in is to just practice knowing through the day how activated or in abeyance is that identification with a fixed, solid sense of me. So in a way, what we're doing is getting used to the sense of self, becoming quieter, more easeful, more spacious, and that supports the steadiness and the stability that we're cultivating in these first few days of the retreat. So I'd like to move into some meditation now, just to begin to explore that a little more directly.